You're listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Y'all go ahead and grab a seat. I say uh, thank you to Ariel and Channing as well for stepping up and leading this morning. Done an awesome job. Hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of John. You can turn to John chapter 16. We're continuing... Um, blazing through our series called The Book and looking at all the different books of the Bible. And this week, we're finishing the Gospels and the book of John. So again, if you'll turn to John 16, we're going to kind of be um, back and forth between chapters 14 and 16, but we're going to start off in chapter 16 um, and verse 7 in just a minute. So as Christians, as Bible-believing Christians, we believe in the Trinity. So while the word Trinity is not a word in the Bible. The concept is certainly in the Bible, the Trinity. It's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But often, we, I think, uh, I don't want like, to throw blame where it's not due. So this is not you, then man, you just don't feel guilty about it. But often, this is probably me, often uh, in Baptist circles, we feel real good about the Father and the Son, but the Holy Spirit, we're like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, so y'all remember the song, uh, Gosh, I'm still getting so long. Um, Chris Tomlin, How Great Is Our God? You remember that song? Y'all with me? Okay, so uh, uh, God had three in one. So he said, God had three in one. I think Baptists sing it. Father, not so sure about the spirit. He kind of creeps me out. And the son, like, right? Like we kind of like, I don't know about the spirit sometimes. I, I think we sometimes have this idea. I don't know, I think I did growing up, this idea that like, hey, God, I get it, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus. Then we think about God the Spirit, and it's kind of like, maybe he's, I've used this before, maybe he's this like gargoyle up in the rafters of the worship center, and every now and then when the worship gets really good, the gargoyle like flies down, he's like flying around us, right? Like, that's not the Holy Spirit, right? Or maybe you've been, uh, why you would just watch like, TV preaching at late at night, I don't know, maybe you've been flipping the channels late at night and you see a TV preacher and he's like slaying people in the spirit and they're falling down on the ground and shaking like, I don't see what that's not in the Bible. So like, okay, I don't think that's the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? I think if we knew what the Holy Spirit does, we might actually be a little more excited about him. <laughs> no, excited about him. He's a person. This Holy Spirit, God the Spirit. I told you to turn to John 16, verse 7. Listen to what Jesus says about the Spirit. So again, if the Holy Spirit makes you nervous, we're going to see more specifically, not just what the Spirit does, what Jesus says the Holy Spirit does. Before we really get going about the three things we're going to see, first, I want you to just see what Jesus says in verse 7. He says, nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor, paraclete, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Did y'all catch that? Jesus said to the disciples, it's better for me to go, it's to your benefit, so the Holy Spirit can come. Because remember that Holy Spirit hadn't come yet, had to wait till Pentecost after the death and resurrection of Jesus and the Holy Spirit came in power. How in the world is the Holy Spirit inside of me better 
than Jesus standing right beside me. That seems kind of like a bold statement, Jesus. <laughs> How is the Holy Spirit living inside of me better than Jesus in the flesh standing right here beside me? Again, I think if we knew a little bit about what the Holy Spirit does, we'd be like, Jesus wasn't playing around. Jesus knows what he's talking about. What does the Holy Spirit do? Before, we're gonna have three answers. Before I give you the first one, we're gonna read the text. So turn to John 14. We're gonna start in verse 15. John 14, verse 15. Jesus speaking, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Here's the first thing we see about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells believers forever. The Holy Spirit indwells believers forever. So those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, now have a relationship with Jesus by grace through faith. So not just, I come to church and my mom used to come to church or comes to church, but no, you have a relationship with Jesus. You've been saved by grace through faith. You've trusted his finished work on the cross the Holy Spirit, when you trust in Jesus, comes and lives in you forever. Forever. Not just when you have it together. Not just when you're feeling really spiritual today. Not just when you're in the car jamming out some Christian music. He's with you all the time, which that should scare some of us, right? <laughs> or all of us probably. They go, oh, he's with me all the time. But he's with you all the time. He indwells. Think about that. The God who spoke the universe into being. The God who formed the mountains and the ocean and spoke the stars into existence. That same God indwells, lives in you as a believer. That's amazing. No, this is not like, when we say the Holy Spirit indwells believers forever, we don't mean like all of a sudden, poof, you're like, I got the power now. I'm so strong. Like, no, he lives inside of you. Not that you're all of a sudden super strong and super awesome. No, but he being super strong and super awesome lives inside of you forever. To go back to how is it better than Jesus beside me? If like, this is weird to think about. But if Jesus, which it would be awesome, so let's not downplay that, but if Jesus, wouldn't it be like crazy and terrifying and awesome, but if he just showed up all of a sudden in the room, in the flesh, and it was time to go home. So we finish venue, we finish small groups, and we all go home. We're gonna have a fight. You know why we're gonna fight? Because we're gonna fight over who Jesus has come to eat Mother's Day lunch with, right? Y'all tracking with that? Here's the thing. Because the Holy Spirit, who is God, just as much as Jesus, three in one, because the Holy Spirit indwells us as believers, God gets to go home with all of us today. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The Holy Spirit inside me is better than Jesus standing beside me. The Holy Spirit indwells believers forever. You know what else? I don't want to miss this. Another little cool part of this verse. 
Verse 15 begins, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And then he goes on to talk about the spirit living inside of us. Why is it important that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us? Because God expects us to live out his commands. And on my own, that's hard, right? But the Holy Spirit indwelling me empowers me to live out my faith, to follow God's commands. So the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the comforter, the counselor, the healer, the helper, the advocate lives inside of me as a believer. That's amazing. Amen. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of, maybe it's just me. One of us is struggling today. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's both of us. Like, are y'all awake? Y'all good? Okay. Is the Holy Spirit creeping people out? <laughs> just kidding. All right, that's the first thing. He dwells believers forever. Before I put the point on the screen, I wanna read it to you, but the question is like, what does, he, what does he do inside of us? Is he just chilling in there or is he doing something? As you know, he's doing something. Look at verse 25 with me, chapter 14. Jesus speaking again. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Now flip over to uh, chapter 16, verse 12. He says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Here's the second thing we see about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit opens the eyes of believers to the glory of Jesus in daily life. And that's a, that's a long one to write, but the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of believers to the glory of Jesus in daily life life. Let's unpack that a little bit. Verse 26, he says, he will teach you the Holy Spirit all things. Does that mean that the Holy Spirit is literally going to teach us all that a person can know? Like the Holy Spirit's, all right, Brandon, I know you've been putting this off, but it's May 2021. It's time for you to really learn calculus. Like, no, that's not what's going on. It doesn't literally mean he teaches us every single thing a person could know that the Holy Spirit could do that. No, that's not what it means. It's that the Holy Spirit unpacks all that, the life, death, resurrection, exaltation, and soon return of Jesus mean for the believer. The, the Holy Spirit unpacks those things for me on a daily basis to open my eyes to the depth of what those things things mean. It, it, he, he's going to point me to the glory of Jesus. That's what it says in uh, 16 verse 14, that the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. So just a quick side note, if you're trying to figure out like, is this the Holy Spirit or a different kind of spirit? If whatever you're feeling and sensing is not glorifying and making much of Jesus, that ain't the Holy Spirit. Y'all with me? So the Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus. He points me to Jesus. I think one of the best ways our best verses that helps me understand what Jesus is talking about here. I hate to always go to, or to, to go to a different passage. I don't normally do that, but I think this morning is helpful. Keep your finger there in uh, John, but flip over to Ephesians chapter one. I'm not too far to the right. Ephesians chapter one. 
So this is Paul talking, but, and actually it's a prayer for the church of Ephesus, but I want you to see what he says about the Holy Spirit. I'll start in verse uh, 15 of chapter one of Ephesians. Give you a second more to get there. He says, this is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. So let's think about these things together. So Jesus saying, the Holy Spirit is gonna teach you all things. And here we have Paul praying that the believers in Ephesus would be able to understand the hope that they have in Christ, uh, the treasure they are to God because of Jesus and how amazing God's power is that's available to work in and through them because of the Holy Spirit. And Paul's praying they would know these things. So not notice where, where did I point when I did know what I do? I wasn't, that wasn't a mistake. So yes, no here, but no in their heart, no in their gut. They would experience, because the Holy Spirit is to be experienced, they would experience these things. The only way for them to know in their gut that the love God has for them and the hope that he has for them and uh, the treasure they are to him and, and the power available in and through them, the only way to know that is through the power of the Holy Spirit opening their eyes. All right, let's, let's time out for a second. Does the Holy Spirit sound kind of important? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, super important. Like, I want some more of that, right? But wait, the Holy Spirit's gonna help me grasp God's love for me and who I am in him and how he wants to work in my life and the hope he has for me. I could use some more of that. I don't find that on social media. I find that through the Holy Spirit. I don't find that just through a worship song. The worship songs are great. I find that through the Holy Spirit. He opens my eyes. He teaches me all things. And notice he says, not just, if you go back to chapter 14, verse 26, not just that he teaches me all things, he reminds us, the Holy Spirit reminds us of all Jesus has taught us. So let's, let's think about this. The point is the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of believers, like spiritual eyes, to the glory of Jesus in daily life. What does that look like? I, mean, I think this looks like, some of you maybe had this experience this morning. You're worshiping and maybe you've sung uh, whatever song we did several times. Maybe it was uh, What a Beautiful Night. Maybe you've sung that several times. And as you're praying and singing, all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit opens your spiritual eyes to who Jesus is. I don't mean like you had this, oh, like, and all of a sudden the heavens part, but just like spiritually in your gut, you like, are refreshed with who Jesus is. You all ever experienced that before? Yeah. Or sometimes you're, you're, you're reading a passage that you've read literally a hundred times. And all of a sudden you're like, oh man. And you need, you need new pens and highlighters because you've already marked it up and now you got to mark it up even more, right? Because God's opening your eyes. He's reminding you. But it, it, it's more than that. This is where we miss out because we're too often unaware of the Holy Spirit. So again, the spirit inside me is better than Jesus beside me because wherever I go, he's there with me. So as I'm going throughout my day, 
even when I don't have my Bible in hand, which to have your Bible in hand is a really good thing. But even maybe, maybe you're like, I don't know if we have any surgeons in here. Maybe you're performing surgery or maybe you're teaching and you're like at the whiteboard or maybe you're in retail and, and you're at the cash register, you're selling some stuff or you're going to buy some new items in Dallas to sell at your store, whatever it may be. And even then when you don't have your Bible right in front of you, even then the Holy Spirit speaks to you to open your eyes to who Jesus is and to remind you of what he's already said. So what, what, is, what does that look like? Just because I picked on it a second ago, it looks like you're scrolling through social media and you're trying to find your, your worth and your, your value and what people say about you. And then you remember that, or the Holy Spirit prompts your heart that, hey, why are you finding your worth in those things? The son of God died for you. <laughs> That's where your worth and your value is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. don't need that. Or maybe you're, maybe you're being tempted with something to look at something you shouldn't or say something you shouldn't and the Holy Spirit prompts your mind with what uh, I believe it's First Peter says that sinful desires, they wage war against your soul and all of a sudden you go, oh man, I don't want war going on up in here. I already ate too much bad Mexican food. I don't need any more war in here. So I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Or maybe you're just caught up with, with work or Anybody stressing over finals in here? We got some people stressing over that. You're stressing over that and like you should give that your best and, and go all in. But maybe you're really seeking all that and then the Holy Spirit reminds you that, of Colossians 3 that if you've been raised with Christ, if you have this new life in Christ, seek the things above. And the Holy Spirit reminds you, hey, like those things are important. Your job is important. Your school is important. But are you seeking those things? Are you striving more in those things than you're pursuing Jesus? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, spirit reminds you. Or maybe you all of a sudden are struggling with legalism and you're like, if I don't read 47 chapters of my Bible a day, God won't love me. And like, you're just really, like every time you sin, you just feel like God hates you and you feel worthless. And then you're reminded that the Lord prompts, maybe the exact verses are just the idea of Philippians chapter three, when Paul talks about his resume of spirituality and how religious he was. And Paul says, I count that as rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ. Because all that religio religiosity and trying to be perfect is nothing in compared with just receiving grace by faith in Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit prompts you to, to not live in legalism, but to live in the love of Christ. The Holy Spirit is not just some gargoyle that flies on the ceiling when, actually it's not even a thing. I don't know where I get that from. <laughs> He's a gift, amen? He opens your eyes. If you're a believer, he opens your eyes to the glory of Jesus in daily life everyday situations. The Holy Spirit helps you embrace Jesus. Like, so it's not just, okay, here, we're at church and we go home. No, like, no matter where you are, you begin to see his goodness in everyday situations. Now, there's one more thing we need to see about the Holy Spirit. And, and this could, I don't wanna say it's the most important, but this could transform, if we'll grasp this, this could transform, no, not could, it will transform our church, our city, and our world that's, that's what Jesus said, so I believe him. <laughs> Look at chapter 15, verse 18 is where we're gonna start. Jesus speaking again. He says, if the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. Hey, can I just time out? I don't wanna, I could chase a bad, or not a bad rabbit, a big rabbit. I'm not gonna chase a big rabbit right now, but... 
just for a second. <laughs> I think sometimes as in the States, we're seeing certainly more pushback against Christian values. Again, it doesn't even come close to what people experience in other parts of the world in persecution, but we're beginning to see a little more pushback on Christian faith and values. And this should not come, to a surprise, come as a surprise to Jesus followers. Does that make sense? Like Jesus, he told them right out the gate, like, hey, they hated me. If you follow me, they're gonna hate you. We've kind of lived in this little isolated bubble for a while. And with that has come great responsibility, right? With all this great freedom, like, what was the, is that a Spider-Man quote, I think? Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but seriously, with all this freedom comes responsibility to share our faith. And as that freedom diminishes, like, we shouldn't be surprised. We should be thankful that we ever had it, right? And we should fight for it. But we shouldn't be surprised when the world hates us because Jesus told us they would. Back to it. Rabbit is now dead. Okay. <laughs> Verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. <clears throat> if I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. When the counselor comes, who's the counselor? The Holy Spirit, the paraclete. The one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. By the way, he's talking to the 12 there, but we know that, that truth certainly comes to us as well. Verse six, or chapter 16. I have told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. But I have told you these things that when their time comes, you will remember I told them to you. So he's saying, don't be surprised. <laughs> I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going away to him who sent me and not one of you asked me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. Here's the verse we started with. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Lean in here. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father. And you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I wanna put up our third point here and then we'll unpack it. Here it is. The Holy Spirit works in and through believers to draw people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit works in and through believers to draw people to Jesus. 
That's one of the main things he does. He works in and through those who know Christ to bring people to salvation in Jesus Christ. Notice when he unpacks, when Jesus, let's not forget who's talking here. When Jesus unpacks in verse nine, he says he's gonna convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. So sin and that, so because the world has not believed in Christ, but has chosen darkness, chosen sin, they are the world. Those who don't know Christ will experience the judgment of God and eternal punishment in hell. About righteousness, what, what's going on there? So John, the, the gospel writer John, keys in a lot on these themes from Isaiah. He, used a lot of, he uses a lot of language from the, book of, the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And Isaiah, if you remember, he talked about the people's righteousness, but it was a mockery. He was kind of being sarcastic, like, yeah, they sure are righteous. And so do you remember what righteous said? He said that our, excuse me, Isaiah said of our righteousness that it is as what before God? Filthy rags. So what Jesus here, and John's helping us see through what Jesus is saying in, in this gospel, in the gospel of John, is the Holy Spirit will convict the world of their lack of righteousness, their unrighteousness, how much they're not like God, how much they actually need the righteousness of Jesus because they can't earn it on their own. So the Holy Spirit's gonna convict of sin, he's gonna convict of unrighteousness. And lastly, he says, and about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Judgment in these terms. The world, those who don't know Christ, have made a false, inaccurate judgment of Jesus. Not seeing him for who he is as God the Son, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, but rather seeing him as maybe just a good teacher, maybe just as an okay guy. The world lives under this false judgment of Jesus. They've embraced this false worldview that is a lie. We just turn on the news, right? We see this false worldview all the time, all around us. Who is the father of lies? Satan. Yeah, not the time to give the Jesus answer, right? The church answer. <laughs> Satan is the father of lies because Jesus went on to bring victory over Satan. Now Satan, because of his life, death, and resurrection, now Satan stands condemned. He stands in judgment. So what Jesus is saying here is, just as the ruler of this world, Satan stands condemned before God because he made the wrong judgment, all those who have followed this false lie and made the wrong judgment of Jesus, they too will stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords condemned. And so the Holy Spirit, so okay, that's bad news. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit has come to what? What's it say? Verse eight, to convict. We think of convict, conviction, we're like, oh, I hate conviction. If you're on your way to hell and eternal separation from God and the Holy Spirit convicts you to turn to Jesus, that's a good thing, amen? The Holy Spirit convicts. So this is, the, this is God's grace. The Holy Spirit has come to convict the world to turn from their wickedness and unrighteousness and sin and false judgment, wrong judgment of Jesus and rather turn to Jesus and the forgiveness and the hope and love he offers in spite of their sin. And Romans that he Get, excuse me, he brought down his righteousness to put on us his righteousness, though we have no righteousness of our own. And now we, Romans 8, no longer stand condemned if we are in Christ. You're here, if you're a believer, you're here 
in love with Jesus because you were convicted by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is awesome. (laughs) Now don't miss this. Did you see through there? Nowhere does Jesus give us this idea. He never says, you know what guys? Talking to the 12, Judas again, like, man, you're not gonna make it real long. Listen, Holy Spirit's coming soon, the Holy Spirit. So you know what? Y'all just, guys, as soon as I die and rise again and, and uh, am, ex- am exalted to heaven, guys, y'all just go chill. Like if you wanna get together on Sundays and like worship, that's cool. But you don't have to do anything because the Holy Spirit's gonna do it all. Y'all just, y'all just sit back. Is that what Jesus said? No. He said, the Holy Spirit will testify about me. In verse 27, you also will testify about me. Believers are the vehicle through which the Holy Spirit does his work to convict. This is why, and we're teaching a lot here, but this is why in verse 10, uh, D.A. Carson, Carson points out, he's an incredible theologian. He says that the reason Jesus says, I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me, rather than saying they, the world, will no longer see me, the reason he points out you will no longer see me is it's because the world looks to believers for the witness of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the one who comes and empowers us and works through us so that the world can see Jesus in us. Y'all tracking? So the Holy Spirit really does. He works in and through believers, yeah, to draw people to Jesus. We testify, we go boldly to talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit empowers us and makes that actually work. I always laugh about one time Lauren shared with me when we first started dating. It's what made me like her a lot. Anyways, um, one of the things. But she had uh, shared the gospel with a girl at her college and the girl was like, yeah, I think I wanna pray to receive Christ. And she was like blown away. Like, wait, what? Like, seriously? Aren't you kind of blown away sometimes when people respond to the gospel because you're like, hey, you're evil and sinful and messed up, but Jesus loves you. Like, wait, you're ready to receive Christ? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit drawing people to himself through you. Listen to this quote from Sam Storms. I wrote it in my Bible, I love it so much. He says, the spirit accomplishes what is described in what we just read precisely as he indwells us, lives in us, empowers us, and energizes us to bear witness to the person and work of Jesus. We, the church believers, are the means by which the Spirit does his work in the world. Don't forget the Holy Spirit, but don't forget that you're supposed to go and make disciples. And dwells believers forever. He opens our eyes to the glory of Jesus in everyday life and daily life. And he works in and through us to draw people to Jesus. Now, as we're talking about all of that, probably a lot of you, a lot of you are kind of like me when I was studying this and it feels a little bit foreign. Okay, I get the Holy Spirit, but it feels like, how do I actually have an awareness of the Holy Spirit in my daily life. Would anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. Would you, can I get a little head? Now, would you say like, you maybe could, you would appreciate some help in an awareness of the Holy Spirit in your daily life? Say like, I'm there for sure. So 
See, one of our goals is to, at South Christ, is to, or a core value is to equip. So not just to have this hype, yeah, Holy Spirit, but to actually help you. And whatever it is, is we wanna help you walk in the Holy Spirit. I wanna, real quick, four things to help us have an awareness of the Holy Spirit and these things that he does. Here's the first one. They're all P's. I'm a good Baptist preacher, all right? So they're all gonna start with the letter P. <laughs> first one is ponder. What do I mean by ponder? Ponder God's word. So read it and ponder over it. That's another way of saying meditate, dig in, study it. You know, it's amazing how you'll see the Holy Spirit bring scripture to your memory when you actually read it and study it. <laughs> the more you dig in, the more you're gonna be going throughout your day and the Holy Spirit's gonna bring those scriptures to mind. I'm seeing a lot of heads now because you've experienced that. I'm like, oh yeah, I memorized that verse or I was familiar with it. And man, right when I needed it, the Lord brought it to mind. If you just real quick do like a 10 second word of the day and read a verse and go on, don't expect the Holy Spirit to use that. He could, he can do anything he wants. Man, the more you put it in your heart because it's living and active, think about those, those I'm not trying to be weird here, this probably sounds funny, but like those powers combined, the, Holy, the, the word of God, when you put it in your heart, it's powerful and alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. That coupled with the power of the living God and dwelling in you, bro, that's a powerful, it's a powerful combo. Ponder over God's word. The second one is pray. Pray. That seems way obvious, but I'm gonna say it this way. Don't expect to hear his voice, the Holy Spirit's voice, his nudging, his prompting. Don't expect to hear his voice in the noise of the day unless you talk with him in the quiet of the morning. If you don't calm your soul in the morning and spend time with him and become familiar with his voice as you read scripture and talk with him, it's gonna be really hard for you in the busyness of the day to pick up on his voice. I promise he's speaking. I promise he's nudging. I promise he's prompting. I promise the Holy Spirit's leading. But we gotta become familiar with his voice. And it's hard to do that in the middle of chaos. He can get your attention, but often the Holy Spirit speaks what? With a whisper. Ponder, pray. The third thing, oh my gosh. Pause, there we go. Pause. I remember, yeah, P-A-U-S-E, not like Paw Patrol, pause. I remember when Laura and I, we weren't even married, we weren't married yet. This is, gosh, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. We went to dinner or lunch with a couple and <laughs> it was an older couple and they literally talked the whole time. Like we went, we went to lunch, went to lunch at Cracker Barrel and enjoyed the biscuits. They're really good biscuits and cornbread and had chicken and dumplings. And we got back in the car and it was like, I, I, we, didn't, we didn't say anything. Like they just chatted the whole time and they would talk to us. But before we could even answer, they would start chatting again. <laughs> And it was as funny as it was, we were grateful for the lunch, grateful for the lunch. It was kind of like, why, like, why were we even there? They didn't need us, right? Like they could have just been there by themselves. I think sometimes that is kind of a, a, an accurate picture of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we're going through our day, we're talking, we're busy and he's there and he's, he wants to talk and he wants to lead and he wants to give guidance and he wants to, to show us and point us to Jesus. He wants to use us, but we're busy and we're talking and, and, and he's like, are you gonna lean on me or what? Does that make sense? Like I wonder, again, this doesn't 
work out if you carried this thought all the way, but it's kind of almost like the Holy Spirit saying like, do you, do you want me here? Do you need me here? What's going on? Like, and he's not going anywhere. <laughs> but why do we ignore him? So what if you took time to, to pause and ask for help? That could look like someone talking to you is driving you crazy and you don't know what to say to them and, and just while you're still listening <laughs> with one ear, another side of your head, you're asking the Lord, to help you and give you grace. Lord, show me how to love this person. Maybe it's on a construction site and you can't figure out why something is not working with the pipes or electricity or whatever, and you've done everything you can, and maybe just asking the Holy Spirit, pause and saying, Holy Spirit, would you just give me some direction here? Would you, would you, would you help me? Listen, does the, Holy, does the Holy Spirit care about the details of your life? Yes. Holy Spirit, as I walk into Market Street, would you show me, would you make me aware of people I, I could be an encouragement to or, or share my faith with? Just pausing for a second. What might I do? Ponder, pray, pause. Here's our fourth one we'll finish with. Practice, practice. What do I mean by practice? Practice living out your faith. Put your faith into practice. As you go to share the gospel, as you get intentional about making disciples, as you get intentional about loving people like Jesus loves them, you're going to experience the power and the person and the presence and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in and through you as you practice. Notice how much talk there is of the Holy Spirit right here as Jesus is talking about them being a witness and living out their faith. You see that? I'll say it this way. My kids, son and daughter, if all we do is sit on the couch and watch TV together, they're not really aware of my presence, right? It doesn't require, they don't need me in that moment. Like even though they're only three, they can already turn on the TV, which is a little scary, right? Like um, they know what Apple TV is. <laughs> um, they don't really need me in those moments. But when they, like this summer when we, we go to Water Rampage <laughs> or we go to the tech pool or go to our, our friend's pool and they want to jump off the side into that water because they can't swim yet. And it takes a little bit of courage for the little three-year-old stuff to jump off the side of the whatever, the, the patio into the pool. They're very aware of my presence in that moment, aren't they? When they, when they need something to eat uh, cooked and not just goldfish, they're aware of my presence. <laughs> See, if your Christianity is kind of a sit on the couch Christianity, I come to church and every now and then I read a little Devo on my phone, which I'm not against you being on your Bible on your phone. That's not bad, but I'm gonna read a little Instagram devotional and listen to a worship song every now and then. That doesn't, you're not doing anything that really requires an awareness of the Holy Spirit in that moment because you're not really doing anything, right? When you start stepping out in faith and living boldly for Jesus, all of a sudden you're aware of, I need the Holy Spirit to catch me right here. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit to help me, to carry me right here. It's time to start putting our faith into practice. I was talking with some college students on Tuesday night about how when you go on a mission trip, you share your faith, you're just kind of automatically more aware of the Holy Spirit and like dependent, right? Y'all experienced that before? Like I think about the ladders when they went to China. I'm gonna guess when they got on that plane with their babies to go to China, there's probably a heightened awareness of the Holy Spirit, right? 
Can I say that you went to China? I just did, sorry, okay. How much more aware would you be of the Holy Spirit's presence if you start practicing your faith? Church, we're gonna have a time of response. And my hope, my desire is that we'll just ask the Lord to make us aware of the Holy Spirit and Him wanting to work in and through us. And that the Holy Spirit won't be, as Francis Chan says, the forgotten God anymore. <laughs> but that he's, he's part of the Godhead, He's part of the Trinity. And he wants to be actively involved in our lives. So if you would, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you to stand right now. And as we begin to sing in just a moment, as the worship team comes up here, as we begin to sing, if maybe you're, the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is stirring your heart this morning and, and say, man, like you've not been walking in the power and the presence and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. It's time that you become aware of that. I'm gonna invite you, you don't have to come down front. Again, all decisions aren't made in, are at altars, they're made in hearts, but sometimes putting some feet to what, you're, what God's doing in your heart can kind of solidify things. So I'm gonna invite you in a moment when we sing, just to come down front and, and talk with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, would you, would you open my eyes? Would, would you make me more aware of your presence in everyday life? Would you help me to practice my faith? Would you help me to, to pause, to ponder, to pray, all those things? He would stir in you an awareness of Him. Some of you this morning don't know Jesus, and I'm gonna invite you to turn from your sin and trust the finished work of Jesus on your behalf to come to him for salvation. If you're watching online, you can uh, connect with us that way and say, hey, I'm trusting Christ this morning for salvation. I'm tired of doing things my way. I wanna follow Jesus. There are gonna be some, uh, after our prayer, there's gonna be some staff down front that would love to pray with you. Maybe if you're like, man, I wanna be encouraged in walking in awareness of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray for me? Or I wanna trust Christ as my savior. Whatever it is, they would love to pray with you. I wanna pray for us. Then we're gonna sing and we're gonna respond however God leads you to. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just the solid objective truth that we can literally hold in our hands. But Lord, may we not negate or neglect, I should say, the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us to shape us, to sanctify us, to make us more like you, to point us to you, to help us be used by you, to draw others to you. As we sing, would you just raise an awareness in our life? Would you draw people to yourself? It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. 